Welcome, everybody. It's Monday, 7 p.m. Still under self-quarantine here, so you can see I'm in my living room. But welcome to 62 Who Knew. We have a great show for you tonight. Uh, before we get going with that show, I want to thank my guest two weeks ago. Last week, we had a repeat. Uh, but two weeks ago, we had Ms. Carol Golden on that is heading the Long-Term Care Insurance Initiative for NAFA, the National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors, uh, the largest association of its type. It has an outreach program that is doing so well. And uh, Carol, who has been in the long-term care industry for many years, is heading that up. And it turned out to be a wonderful show. We had about 78. So I want to thank Carol for that. Tonight, we have an equally as exciting person that's also been in the long-term care insurance world. It's going at it a little differently, creating some different sites um, for people to approach, for people to get to long-term care experts uh, for millions, tens of millions, actually, of home care specialty people to be able to get to. Um, he's done a couple of great things. He was on with us about seven months ago when it was just starting, and I think you're all going to be very, very surprised uh, at what he's accomplished uh, just in the last seven months. But we, before we bring him on, I want to thank all my guests, as always. We always seem to be around that 75000 to 80000 mark. Uh, we want to get above 100,000 as soon as we can. But to our new viewers, uh, I want to uh, explain what is 62 Who Knew? What is the premise of this show? Uh, why are we always talking about long-term care insurance, reverse mortgages, Medicare, Medicaid, Medicare supplemental policies, life insurance, travel, health? Well, here's why. Almost everyone, as they approach the age of 62, in the last several decades, in the last several generations, our fathers, our grandfathers, their fathers, have always thought as they got 62, the same things we do in our mid-50s, early 60s. Have I saved enough? Do I, did I invest correctly? Do I still need my life insurance? Do I need long-term care insurance? Should I take my Social Security at 62, or should I defer to a further age, an older age? Should I keep working? Should I pay off my house? These are all the questions that basically 99% of the country asks as they approach their retirement age. Top 1% doesn't ask that, those questions because they're quite wealthy. But the other 99% of us do ask those questions. So why is this show different? Why now has a show on an independent uh, you know, internet station grown from zero to almost 80,000 viewers per week and continues to grow? Because my generation... I'll be 62 in approximately three months. My generation has one obstacle that my dad and his dad and his dad didn't have. And that obstacle is the double-edged sword, the mixed blessing of longer lifespans. Longer lifespans is having a staggering effect on this country, on the world, but this show is about this country. And many, many people don't realize it. When our parents retired or planned to retire, they planned to live another 10, 15, maybe 20 years, certainly our grandparents. Right now, if you make it to 65 in this country, just make it. Notice I didn't say healthy, just make it to 65. You have a 50-50 chance of getting to 90. And with different medical technologies and breakthroughs, scientific breakthroughs, our children are gonna be living into their hundreds. That's not an opinion, that's a fact. So how many people in this country can literally get to the age of 62 and still have half the time they've been here 
left on this planet. Another 30 plus years. But I can tell you about 1% are financially capable. And that's what 62 who knew is about. Who knew when you get to 62, you still had so many decades in front of you. Certainly a blessing, but a mixed blessing. And we endeavor every week to bring on a different expert to help you do that with integrity, with pride, and with quality of life. All right, and this next guest is going to uh, do a long, uh, go a long way at showing you that. I know there may be millions of people uh, watching Donald Trump and Mike Pence, but as soon as they hear that um, Mark Glickman and Mike Banner are on the air, it's, it, they're going to be coming over here in droves. So, without further ado, let's bring on let's bring on Mr. Mark Glickman, who is the co-founder of www. Buddy Insurance, a community, I love this term, client-centric long-term care planning uh, experts is what surrounds it. And his mission is to help not only families across the nation, this is what gets to me, is the 40 million caregivers in this country. And thank you for being here, uh, Mark. Uh, thank you for having me on your show uh, last week. But I don't know if caregivers have ever been strained as they have this last eight weeks with COVID-19. And uh, I yeah. want you to talk about that a little. What are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, we're hearing in the news, of course, there's a lot of things going on in nursing homes, right, where uh, COVID-19 is particularly affecting them. But even the home health care agencies, most people prefer to get care in their homes. And just the ability of those agencies to send people into people's homes with what's going on with COVID, it's, it's created some challenges. But it's why I think it's so important for us to be out there advocating for planning, because obviously having financial wherewithal helps you overcome some of those challenges. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, it's sad, but most humans tend to learn this way. Um, I know I go to the dentist every year and I get my checkup, but what makes you go to the dentist quicker than anything is a pain in your tooth or a broken cavity. Uh, you know, what makes you go to the heart doctor quicker than anything is a little twinge and you don't know what it is, even though it could be nothing. But there has to be, I, I would think, and to a degree, I would almost hope, a tremendous amount of seniors out there right now going, you know, I caught it, but I got through it easily. But thank God I didn't catch it at all. But I'm not really prepared for some sort of a, Medical catastrophe, medical catastrophe. I'm truly not, and I, I hope this is, you know, a little bit of a wake-up call to peoples in their 40s, 50s, 60s. I know it gets a little problematic, 70s and 80s, uh, to get long-term care insurance. But as we were fooling around a little before the show, nobody can call you and say, "Look, I'm 64 years old. My chest really burns. I can't breathe. Can I get some long-term care insurance, please?" Um, I, I hope that this catastrophe, you know, sheds some light on, you know, for some people. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that we use this expression in the industry, you know, your health buys you the coverage, right? Your money just pays for it. And it's really about access to your best options. It's a lot of it's about proactive planning. And the insurance carriers, you know, they're pretty smart about it. They're going to try to create a pool of risk that they can create a low enough price point that people want to buy. But that means that certain people, if they wait too long, they're not going to have access to those particular exactly. options. But you're right. This COVID-19, we see it across our entire platform all around the country. It's brought awareness to the fact that we need to be thinking about our health. There are situations that come up. Sometimes they're unpredictable. I don't think anyone predicted 
this pandemic uh, that could happen and can in fact in fact affect your health. Uh, and now we're actually seeing the insurance companies changing some of their uh, procedures to address it. You know, it's affecting the industry in a number of different ways. So again, it's it's why we like to have all these experts involved with that our long-term care experts. They're kind of staying on top of the market and they're able to help their clients navigate what's going on today. All right. And, and before we go into what you've accomplished in the last seven months, because it's kind of incredible, um, you know, when you were on seven months ago, our viewership was about 40,000. Now it's almost double that. Um, and uh, everybody's younger than me. You know, you're much younger than me. You've been, you, know, you were brought up in this industry. Your dad is known, very well known nationally. Uh, tell us, you know, at your age, is that what brought you into the industry? Because uh, you don't usually see somebody as young as you in the long-term care insurance agency. Yeah, I've probably been in long-term care all of my life. So longer than many <laughs> people who are professionals in the industry. As you pointed out, my dad was an actuary and he helped develop some of the earliest products. Uh, he's been in it around 30 years. And so when I got out of college, I became an actuary and I actually joined his company uh, well over a decade ago. Uh, and in that role, I got to see how the home office life works, how the insurance companies price the products, what's going on behind the scenes. And I also got the opportunity to meet some of the best long-term care agents in the country who helped mentor me and helped share with me kind of their secrets of success and how they were helping clients. In fact, it inspired me enough that I actually started full-time a marketing organization to help these people connect with these long-term care specialists. And that's www.buddyins.com, which is the company that, that you were talking about. Yeah. Tell us a little about that. I mean, you, you gave us a summary of what you were creating seven months ago, and I know you have tens of thousands of uh, subscribers now. Did you expect this type of success? And tell us what's going on and, and the different platforms and, and what's available out there for people to look at. Yeah, I would say on our website, you can kind of see our mission, as you pointed out, you know, we dedicate it to the more than 40 million family caregivers, unpaid caregivers, who because they may not have had a plan have stepped in and helped fill that role for their family. Well, we want to help people create that plan. We want to help those family caregivers get some relief. So we've created this platform of hundreds of long-term care specialists, agents, uh, we actually work with a lot of their prospective clients. We work with financial advisors. We work with associations, universities, all kinds of entities that are willing to allow us to educate people on the topic of long-term care planning with the objective of eventually getting them to the right person who can help identify their needs, be very consultative, and provide the ideal solution for them. And so that's kind of my role today is we've built a, a pretty large audience, as you pointed out. Uh, on LinkedIn, we have a number of different uh, newsletters which are getting subscribers. I think in the last few months, we have over 20,000 subscribers already. And just sharing information like you're doing on this TV show, because I think information like this should be free. People should be able to educate themselves and make appropriate decisions. But at the end of the day, we have a feeling that you're going to find that working with somebody who's a professional in this industry is probably the best way to get your coverage going. Yeah. When you talk about the 40 million um, you know, home care providers that are family members, um, you know, that turn into home care providers. You know, again, that's one of those things that, that really doesn't hit home till it happens to you. I was my dad's uh, home care provider and wouldn't have changed anything the last year of his life. And then I got some help, you know, uh, the last few months of his life. Um, but you're very proud at a certain point in life to say, if something goes wrong with mom or dad, I'll be there. Or some, you know, I remember when, um, you know, in their younger lives, my mom and daddy said, 
if something goes wrong with either one of us, that's what the other one is there for, greatest generation. And, and the heart and the love behind that commitment is there. But I don't think people realize, you know, how difficult that is, not just for a senior, uh, but even for a younger, you know, um, you know, a son or a daughter, and I don't mean young 12, but someone in their 30s, in their 40s, stepping up to do that. It's all hard, but it's a very difficult thing to do and take care of your family and maintain your job. Um, it's, it's amazingly stressful. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think people are aware of how young, like you said, that people that are affected by it, whether they're caregivers themselves, about 25% of caregivers are under the age of 40. Uh, whether they're actually impacted because they've seen their parents become caregivers and they're seeing it from afar. But until you actually experience it, you don't realize what's involved with that process. I personally had all four of my grandparents that needed care, long-term care. And I saw two of them that had insurance policies and the value of having a person who kind of became a member of a family come into their homes and take care of them. Yeah. And then I saw on the other side of my family not having long-term care insurance or a plan and watching my mom take care of her parents for many years and the effect it had on her health, my mom's health. And so it does directly impact people of the younger generation. And I think until you see that, you don't really realize you know, what this is all about. But that's why I became so passionate about the industry. And that's what we're really trying to do is help people out there you know, navigate this and avoid making a catastrophic decision by avoiding the planning process. Absolutely. And when you talk about the stress you know, of these caregivers, uh, I, I don't want to goof it up. You probably know the statistics. I, I think it was either Mark Goldberg or Bill Comfort, uh, one of the first people to, to bring this up on my show about the percentage of caregivers that actually predecease the person they, they are caring for. And I don't want to goof it up, so I won't say the percentage. I just remember when they said it. If you, if you know it, please say it. I got the chills. I said, did I just hear you correctly? What did you just say? It was an, an alarming number. Yeah. Yeah, and it, a lot of times the first caregiver you have, if you don't have a financial plan or insurance policy in place is going to be your spouse. And again, this is someone who may be of a similar age as you trying to do a lot of tasks and dealing with a lot of stress, you know, that probably they're not, their health is going to be impaired because of that. So we very commonly see that happening. Um, even more so, we see things like all of a sudden the daughter, for example, is the one that has to step up and take care of, of her parents. She may be a successful business owner, entrepreneur, and now she has another full-time job she really didn't anticipate, but because of that commitment she has to her parents, she may actually put her job on hold or, or quit her business just to do this full-time. Uh, if that's not an ideal outcome for certain families, we want to help them navigate it and avoid it. Of course, sometimes it's a badge of honor to take care of your parents, and there's, there's no, you, know, you shouldn't feel guilty about it, you shouldn't feel bad about it, but there may be things you can do to get help with that process, training, uh, respite, all these kinds of things. And that's where the financial plan can really be beneficial. It's especially very rough in, in our families. The Jewish guilt could be worse um, than, <laughs> any, uh, than anything else. But, you know, again, there is a badge of honor with it. I was very, very proud to take care of my dad, but I wish I would have got help sooner um, because, you know, I think parents want us to act like they're loving children 
not necessarily their caregiver, quite frankly, helping them off the bed, helping them off the toilet. God forbid they fall down, lifting them up, um, you know, in their pajamas. Um, It's a real mixed sore, a real mixed batch there of of emotions. I know when I finally did get help, uh, my father, who was still uh, very coherent, said to me, I'm glad you did that. I, I appreciate you helping me wipe my ass, but I don't want my son doing that. I really don't. And I didn't want to tell you that, and maybe I shouldn't have been that blunt, but it's my TV show, so I can. Um, there was a lot of pressure off me going back to be the son that was caring for my father um, with congestive heart failure or being with my father, then that person you know, checking his intravenous and his pain level and, and, and other things. I, I, I don't think people realize that till it's happening to them. Right. And, and God forbid they have a severe cognitive impairment. They might not even be able to tell you what they want anymore, which is why having that conversation, obviously when people are healthy is more important. They'll actually tell you, here are what my wishes should be. Get them in writing so that you can actually deliver on what their, that promise of what you want their plan to be. So which website of yours should caring relatives um, go to to get advice? And again, I like what you say that they need to get educated. But the truth is, once they get educated, some of the things that I see that are terrible um, is they get educated, but they don't take it the next step, um, which is that's the worst. Okay, now I know, but they don't do anything. Or even worse, now I know. I need long-term care insurance. So they Google it instead of calling an expert. Okay, you Google where your favorite movie theater is. You Google where Nikes are on sale. You don't Google long-term care insurance and make a choice. You talk to a professional like yourself. And that worries me sometimes. Yeah, I would say, you know, obviously going to our website, www.buddyins.com, you can start your plan there. But, you know, we let people come at their own pace. So I do a lot of videos. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, if you search Buddy INS. We have over 100 interviews. We've done short interviews where, where we have professionals, LTC specialists, that are sharing stories of what they're doing for their clients to help educate people on different topics, help them see the realities of what's going on out there. Um, so there's a lot of different resources. We'll be doing a, a series of webinars for consumers as well. So... Yes, we think you should meet with a, a specialist, but you may not want to until you've gotten some education first, and that's okay. Sure. Uh, if you sure. sign up for these webinars, you can attend for free. Everything we do is for free. And then, of course, meeting up with a long-term care specialist will be natural for you if it's the right time uh, to, to be doing that. So, yeah, I can't to stress to our viewers enough because I've seen so many of your videos. They, you know, um, To go to www.buddyins.com, um, yeah, I've watched some of the videos and just go, oh, my God, that was me 15 years ago with my dad. Oh, my God, that was 20 years ago when dad had his first heart attack. Why didn't I think of that? And some of your testimonials uh, by some of your experts, a couple of which that have been on the show, um, you know, it, it's not like anything else. It, it hits home. If it's not you and your parents, it's your aunt, your uncle, your cousins mm-hmm. going through it. Um, I, no one's untouched by this. Uh, I've, I've always found that to be very interesting about long-term care insurance. No one's untouched by this. Right. And I, I think the reason we do it are the stories we're talking about. 
from my perspective and having a background as an actuary and working with the numbers and the financials, the other thing that motivates me is helping the consumer get the best deal. You know, mm -hmm. finding out that, you know, if you own a business, you can actually take this as a tax deduction for your business, most likely. And there are ways to maximize your dollar. Uh, so we really try to ease people into, you know, you can actually afford long-term care insurance. You can actually almost determine what you want to spend. You're just buying a pool of benefits. And so, mm -hmm. you know, what your plan might be might differ from your neighbor's plan. It's very personalized. Yeah. And all of these things are going to help you be equipped for the right solution when the time comes. Well, you know, you and I have spoken about this many times, um, very similar to reverse mortgages. Um, you know, my passion, long-term care insurance is so misunderstood by the public. Um, you know, I don't, many of my friends, even though I get so mad at them, still refer to it as nursing home coverage. As mm -hmm. I've learned from so many experts, including you and your father, it's anti-nursing home coverage. You get to take, get taken care of home, which is where you live longer. So I, you know, I've asked this to so many people. I know there's no magic answer. Um, what do we have to do to get more people to get long-term care insurance to not put that stress on their wife, their husband, their son, their daughter? Uh, how, do we, how do we get this message across? Well, you know, that's kind of been my passion is really helping education and marketing of long-term care. I think there's just a lack of experts out there that are, you know, accessible across the country. And that's why we're trying to do a platform of these experts and helping them share their stories and their messages. At the end of the day, I think when you actually connect with one of those folks, you see why they're so good at what they do and why this can be a good fit. But at the end of the day, you know, I would say everyone needs a long-term care plan. Not everybody needs to buy insurance, but a good percentage of people, it's the right fit. But what that expert will tell you is whether you're a good candidate, if it's a good fit for you, and what the other alternatives might be if it's not. Uh, and so that's kind of what we focus on. And we try to connect ourselves with other providers for situations that arise, or maybe, for example, from a health perspective, someone can no longer qualify. We still try to help that family and provide alternatives and different ways mm -hmm. that they can still create a plan, even if the insurance is not the best plan for it. And may I ask, how many um, experts do you have right now across the country? You know, that if somebody have, clicked and said, I need help. We have several hundred that are involved in long-term care insurance across our platform. We have assisted living placement agencies that know where mm -hmm. the kind of the best assisted living facilities are in particular areas. We have home health care mm -hmm. agencies, which are very client-centric, helping clients <clears throat> planning attorneys, folks that help people who already might be in the nursing home, you know, at the end of life, how do we still preserve their estate and their assets? All kinds of professionals that are dedicated to this arena that we've partnered with. So probably all in total, there's thousands of different professionals involved, all with kind of the same mission that we have, which is ultimately to help people navigate uh, this, this particular crisis. Yeah. Now, there's also a, you know, you had mentioned that you could put together a package, you know, almost because you're putting together a pool of benefits. You know, again, one of the first things that uh, when I come to a long-term care insurance, uh, um, you know, event or, you know, is... I hear the experts say that one of the biggest obstacles is, look, I'd like it, but it's too expensive. Before you even open your mouth, it's too expensive. I'd like to go over, you know, just mildly, um, you know, the 10,000 foot view. I know there's new products out there. Of course, we have the link benefits product, the single premium lump sum. But let's go over for, you know, people listening going, you know, my God, how many premiums can I have? 
I have my auto insurance, which my wife and I both have a cause, so we got to have those two in premiums. I have my homeowner's insurance. My financial planner says I should keep up my life insurance. I'm 65, so I just got, I just bought my med sub policy. I mean, I've already got $1,000, $1,500 a month in premiums. I'm not right. complaining because they protect me. But how much of my retirement can go towards premiums? How do you answer a question like that? Yeah, that's a great question. And a lot of specialists will say, well, I can't give you a price until we go through your health and we assess it. I like to give people what they want, which is kind of here's what the average of what people are spending. And on the traditional style policies, it's roughly $200 a month per person. It's probably not as much as you might expect. It's probably not at less all. than some of those other policies that you mentioned. The key, of course, is to try to maximize the amount of benefits you get for the dollar. And that's the quote unquote insurance leverage. So that's what the specialists are really trained to do is to try to figure out, okay, this person has this particular budget. How do we make stretch that dollar as far as possible to you know, achieve their objectives? And then at the end of the day, when you look at the cost of care itself, you can decide for yourself, do you want more coverage? Do you want less coverage? Again, it could be a personal decision, but at you know, something like $200 a month, it's probably a lot less than what most people expect. Now, what people hear about is that you are able to actually prepay the premiums. They have what are called limited pay policies, so you can pay it as a lump sum. And there are certain advantages to doing that, or maybe even over a period of 10 years. And so, of course, the cost is higher because you're prepaying a lot of those future premiums. But if you spread out the cost, again, it's probably going to be in that same range. When you're getting a life insurance attached to it, uh, it might be, on average, about $300 or $400 a month versus $200 because you're getting extra benefits, which means if you don't use you have the a benefit, death benefit. Well, you get a death benefit, you get your money back. And so you have also that ability of, even if you put in all this money, kind of the worst case scenario, which is kind of the best case scenario is not needing long-term care, yes. is your, your kids will get that money back. And there's a lot of creative ways to design these so it fits what you're looking to have that policy accomplish. Yeah, I think the first time I heard, and again, whether it was Peter Geldwax or Carol or, or, or Bill, um, or Mark, when they went over, uh, quite frankly, the single premium policies, the return of premium riders, the long-term care uh, riders. I went, whoa, whoa, go back. What do you mean return of premium? They went, well, the number one thing is, you know, what if I never use it? It's like you said, it's really a blessing. And I hear people all the time, my God, I've been paying this since my early 50s. I don't know why I should keep doing it. And again, I don't even have an insurance license. I go, keep doing it. If I'm there doing their reverse mortgage in your 70s, your 80s, you're going to be so happy you made this premium. You have no idea. Uh, but what if I never use it? It's such a waste. And now they can get their premiums back. I, that to me is staggering. And I, you know, and I know you can't answer. It's a rhetorical question. If you got the chance for X amount of protection, and if you use it, it's there. And if you don't use it, you get all your premiums back. Am I being like a neophyte to say it's essentially free? Why wouldn't people do this? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think, you know, the insurance companies, of course, they're, they're smart about this. And the reason they can do this is they're investing the money in over a long period of time. Right. That's kind of the opportunity cost of doing it. But given today's low interest rates, you know, what's going on with the markets, it may actually not be much that you're giving up, like you kind of put it, but it's going to be specific mm -hmm. to your personal financial situation. If, that makes sense for you. But that's what's really key is there's no really right or wrong answer to it. They have pros and cons. And mm -hmm. just because it's complex doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. You should just have somebody who knows what they're doing explain 
the pros and cons. And what we find is that through that questioning process, the client is usually the one that actually picks the product, believe it or not. So even yeah. though the specialist has, you know, what they like to sell and what they think clients should buy and what they would buy for themselves at the end of the day, because they're asking questions, you are actually picking your policy by the answers to the questions that you give, because that will tell that specialist exactly what's right for you. This is so similar to the reverse mortgage, you know, that it's just, it's staggering to me because you, know, you don't sell a reverse mortgage and anybody that is shame on them. You sit down with clients 62 and above, and if they have the proper equity and qualify, you ask what their needs are, why you're even there, and if a reverse mortgage will solve those needs, you know, not past needs, but present and future, then it's something that they should consider. Um, you know, I do know people that try to sell reverse mortgages. I can't stand that. But I think it's very similar in your world. Um, you know, but then again, there is a certain amount of selling in your world and my world because there's so much misconceptions, misinformation, and half-truths out there about our products. Right. And there's a lot of statistics and future uncertainty as to whether this is going to affect somebody or not and what's the likelihood of needing care and things of that nature. But I'll say the biggest testimonial to it is when you look at the number of people that drop their policies in long-term care, it is the lowest percentage of any insurance products, you know, in the history of insurance products. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, as an actuary, that's kind of what we look at is, you know, what is the lapse rate? What are the percentage of people dropping their policies? And it's less than 1% of people every year, right? So there's, there's a certain consumer customer satisfaction that you can tell is going on there because people are holding onto those policies because they really value them. And regardless of kind of what's happening in the markets, they continue to see their, their value, especially if they're still in touch with their, their agent that worked with them and get developing that plan. Mm -hmm. They're sticking with that plan for, for a reason. I think that's probably the biggest testimonial and biggest statistic you should think about is, yeah, the people that have bought this, they've ended up a lot of times using their policy, of course, uh, but oftentimes they're not giving up those policies. Yeah, I would say don't, of all policies, do not give that one up. Uh, my dad, who um, actually in eight days be gone exactly 15 years, we didn't have long-term care insurance. Um, he had obviously Medicare. He had an incredible med sub policy. He was a heavily decorated World War II hero. So there was a certain amount coming from the Veterans Associate, the Veterans Administration. Um, but I wish I would have met uh, Peter Gelbwax 20 years ago rather than 12 or 13 years ago, because we would have had it. And, and I will tell you that even with the MedSups and all the great things that dad had, um, it cost a lot of money the last three to five months of his life to keep him home. He lived in my home. We had a house with two uh, master bedrooms. He had an extremely high quality of life, you know, until the last few weeks when hospice was there. But, you know, was still going out with us, was still um, not as much as he wanted to. Going to karate lessons with my son, uh, you know, he couldn't drive anymore. But we found out the hard way that a lot of things only get covered if they are outside of the house. If you're right. in a facility, dad still had a sense of humor. Dad was losing weight and having lots of heart attacks. Um, but he wanted to be with his grandchildren. He wanted to sit down and have dinner. He wanted to call out, you know, for, you know, for food, for this, for that. Um, and I will tell you, thank God business was good and life was good. And I won't talk about numbers because that would be wrong, but 
the check I wrote for every month, you know, every week for in-home care. Um, thank God business was good. Uh, that's when I really thought to myself, and I don't consider myself, you know, with my head in the sand and, and, and I have a sympathy and empathy for people. But I, I remember talking to the, the nurses that came in, you know, that I was paying $28 an hour to. Um, what do people do that can't afford this? And they went, Mr. Banner, they suffer. There, there is no in-between. Or their children quit their jobs, and then their children suffer. There's no in-between here. And um, I, I will tell you, even though I was in my 40s, it was a wake-up call to reality. Yeah. I'll also point out, you know, you mentioned the home health care costs, you know, the hourly costs, which does add up. But once you see what those providers are doing and the labor, the stress, you know, dealing with people that may not be in the right state of mind and taking care of them, you know, sometimes, you know, as much as 24 hours a day, oh my um, God. you really value that the cost that you're paying them, they get really getting a lot of value out of that. Um, yeah. and, and what we're seeing is also a shortage of those caregivers because that job is a tough one. Uh, there's fewer people that are filling those roles. And that's why we're seeing every year the cost of care increase, you know, it's supply and demand. There is just not a supply of those caregivers out there. So that's also what we try to prepare people for is if you're planning for 20 years from now or even 30 years from now, you know, that cost, we don't expect it, you know, to it's come good. It's not going to go down. Yeah. So just being prepared for that and, and not being afraid of those costs, but covering some percentage of it based on what you can afford makes a lot of sense. Because those first dollars, even if you bought, let's say, a couple hundred thousand dollars of benefits, which would be a smaller policy in our world, that first couple hundred thousand is going to go a long way. Right. And then if you have needs beyond that, then you'll have more time to create a plan for what might happen if it's even a longer term or more expensive type of event. I'm not surprised to hear there's a shortage of these type of professionals. Um, you, you know, we, I, quick, I quickly spit out $25 an hour, $27 an hour, but they're certainly not getting all of that. That's coming from the, you know, that's going to the agency. They're getting a portion. I mean, you have to be a, a staggeringly empathetic person to do that for a living. Um, they're certainly not doing it for the money, like police officers, like school teachers, firemen. They're not there for the money. They're there to protect and serve. And these caregivers are, um, yeah, they're a class unto themselves. It's really amazing. Yeah, it's wonderful. And when you find the right one, just like, you know, I have young kids, you know, finding the right person to come in and take care of your kids. It's kind of the same thing. You want to have that trust, that peace of mind that you have the right person taking care of your parents when that time comes. And you really want to hang on to them, right? Because they're so valuable to your family. I remember with my parents that had the insurance that had the home health care provider come in, she basically became a part of our family. She was that kind of oh, yeah. celebration of life. And she told stories about what my grandmother thought of all of us and the real stories she told about us because she was spending all that time with her. And to mm -hmm. me, like, there's, you know, it's hard to put a value on that, you know. So I, I truly believe that, you know, that's the kind of thing you want to find at, when the time comes is the right type of caregiver. And that's another part of the process is not just activating the insurance policy, but how do you navigate the system and find the right providers and make sure that, you know, you're getting the right uh, situation for your family. Yeah, navigating the system is not easy without a professional. And, um, again, I, I, I just I see it all the time. Um, you know, in our line of what we do, um, you know, yep, I did a lot of research on this and I got it. I go, oh, I'm thinking to myself, 
did you do research on your bypass before you did it or did you let a cardiologist you know do it i mean it's just sometimes it's amazing to me what people will do but again it's until you live through it or your mom or dad you know live through it it's very hard to tell i mean people think of 25 or 28 dollars an hour you know like you said it's the best money spent i remember the first night uh, we had a caregiver with my father was probably the first night of good sleep I had in maybe nine months. Um, it's just kind of unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think uh, I'm the one of those kind of people that goes online and you know WebMD and tries to diagnose myself. Oh, I must have that condition and that condition and that condition and COVID yeah. or whatever, you know, all these kind of things. But at the end of the day, the reality of it and dealing with a professional that's seen it day in and day out has actually worked, you know, with clients that have kind of gone through that system. And seeing that reality is much different than oftentimes what you read about. You know, so you're right. I, I think it's that virtual Yeah, experience. I stopped Googling things a few years ago because, it, you know, basically all my symptoms said I was just going to simultaneously explode. I mean, yeah, <laughs> uh, so I, I stopped Googling things. Uh, I don't want to know. Uh, let's talk a little bit. Let's go back to today's unique world. You know, the world has gone technology. Look what we're doing right now. Look at you having tens of thousands of subscribers. Um, but do, and, and I know that my industry in the reverse mortgage world, your long-term care insurance world, um, selling these things, supplying these services to, to seniors um, is becoming more and more popular via technology. Um, are you still finding, though, when somebody wants to sit down in their 50s or early 60s and discuss a program that's going to protect them for the next 30 years that they want to do it at the kitchen table or the dining room table? Or are you seeing a real trend towards, okay, do you have a website? Let's see what we can do here. Yeah, good question. And of course, with what's going on right now, of course, everyone's doing, you know, meetings, Zoom meetings and videos and that kind of thing. Uh, we actually started that uh, several months ago. So we didn't anticipate, of course, this is going to happen. But because, you know, there are very good specialists, but they're located all around the country, we wanted to have them accessible to anybody that might inquire, even in our rural area, for example. Uh, so we set up our platform so that people could do consultations uh, where the specialist would be on video like this. They could do screen shares so you could see the plans as they're developing it. it create a really nice experience, a lot of transparency in the process, and it can be done in a productive way. So the client could almost one click be able to book a meeting, be able to fill out a basic fact finder, give their uh, specialist some information, and end up with the best customer experience possible. So that's how we designed it. Um, and it turned out that, of course, it was so critical that we were set up that way when the whole pandemic went down, is that we were already ready to go, and we're still having even an uptick of meetings because people are becoming more aware of their health, like we talked about earlier. Um, but yes, I, I am seeing that uh, people are getting more comfortable with the technology because of what's going on too. Um, we still have people available in local areas when the in-person right. needs to take place. So I would say there are some people that prefer that as well. Uh, but we tend to lean towards the virtual meetings now because I right. think it just saves everybody time and it's just more of a preference. I also mentioned we do outreach through emails. Uh, so we built our system around being able to invite people to web-based seminars uh, through email invitations. And so our whole method of biology was always kind of email-driven anyway for us to connect and get in front mm -hmm. of people and share with them what we're doing. Uh, so again, because of that, that tends to lend itself more towards 
meeting with your uh, specialist online as opposed to face-to-face. -face. Right. I mean, let's face it, you'd have to have tens of thousands of specialists for, you know, to meet somebody in Toledo or the Bronx, you know, or San Francisco. You know, it, it would be illogical. Now, what is, a lot of people think long-term care insurance, they think old people. But the truth is, you know, what is the average age of a client for you that is purchasing right now? Yeah, actually, you'd be surprised that it's actually in the upper 50s. Uh, so about 57, 58 years old is the average. Uh, the people that are more tuned into it because, again, they took care of their parents, they had a personal experience, uh, they're a business owner, maybe they're taking a tax deduction. They tend to be young, a little younger than that, so in their, we'll say, early to mid-50s. And then we have people that are kind of approaching retirement. Uh, they figured out exactly how they're going to end up paying for their retirement. But now there's this risk out there called long-term care, of course, that can be costly. Uh, and they're becoming more attuned to it, more towards the 62 who knew age, you know, 62 to 65 years old. So you get a, a spread, but uh, I think, you know, probably the average viewer that's watching this right now is, is probably a good candidate for it. Of course, the key, as we mentioned, is doing it as soon as you can so as not to have a health issue that prohibits you from getting it. Not necessarily a health issue that requires long-term care, mind you, but something that crops up where all of a sudden the insurance company says, okay, you can't get in that pool of risk and we have to look for alternatives. It's really about right. planning early to have your best options for the insurance possible or to know that maybe insurance is not the right fit, but what's the harm in doing that as soon as possible? So we're not doing it so that people buy something sooner. We're doing it because it's really in their best interest to set up the best plan possible for them. I mean, obviously, if you're younger, you're healthier, it's going to be less expensive. So is there an idea? I mean, if somebody said to you, look, I'm 35 years old, you know, my yeah. cancer runs in my family, diabetes runs in my family. Um, that's all true about my family, other than me not being 35 years old. Um, should I get it now? I mean, what is the ideal age you know, to say, you know what, it's time to start thinking about this seriously? Is it their right. 40s, 50s? Yeah, from, from a health perspective, it's as soon as possible because, again, you're just going to have the more options. From a financial perspective, uh, typically you want to at least have an idea of what your retirement plans look like, uh, and that way you can set aside this amount of money so you can cover the risk and be confident that you can continue to pay the premiums because that's key is to be able to continue to pay the premiums even if they're $200 a month. Um, but I see people in their, in their 40s, sometimes in their 30s, getting coverage, again, if they kind of meet those parameters. Um, and the value of buying long-term care early is that if you buy certain plans, usually they have an inflation protection increase every year. So it actually mm -hmm. compounds your benefits. And so it's funny that the cost of the plan probably is similar when you have the inflation protection between ages 40 and 65, but the amount of benefits you have is much higher at let's say age 80 or 85 because you have more years to grow the benefits. Exactly. So cost-wise, actually, you probably wouldn't notice it, but benefit-wise, you may have two or three times as much in your pool oh, yeah. because of those escalations of what's going on with that protection. Absolutely. And let me ask a question, you know, and it's... Um, I'm asking this question because I know people are thinking, okay, you know, $200 a month doesn't sound too bad. $400 a month for the couple, that still doesn't sound too bad. Um, but still, it's $400 a month. Um, what if somebody says, and I don't want this to be too self-serving, I really don't, but everyone tells me the number one obstacle is, is, is cash. It, what if somebody says, you know, and I'm talking to you personally, 
not what you train, what you say, um, what you put on the platform. You're with somebody to go, we really want to do this, but we're on a fixed income. You know, our annuities are at, you know, 2%, not six. Our money market's at a half a percent. We just bought a one-year CD for less than 1%. We want to do this, but we really can't afford it. You know, what do you say to that? Is, well, is there options? per person is the average. So what I usually tell them is to buy less coverage. I usually tell them to buy $100 a month of coverage. And then if they come to a financial situation later where they want to buy more coverage, they can always supplement or add to what they bought. But that probably that first policy you buy is going to be the, the most value to you, of course, because you're going to have the most benefits and the lowest costs because you were younger. So, you know, I just say literally just buy less coverage. That's the probably the hidden secret in our industry is you can go down to a pretty low price point. You just have to be cognizant of the benefits you're getting and the fact that it may not cover, of course, the entire risk. But as I mentioned before, because it's the first dollars that are paid out on your behalf, you're going to go through that money first before you get to a lot of your own, aside from the, the deductible you know, cost that might be in the policy. So you mentioned, it's, it's, it's not a hard question, but I think it's a lot of things that people aren't presented with as an option, so they think it, it's not available. So you mentioned something very interesting. Maybe take a little less up front, and then you could always come back later and add more. But yeah. obviously, if they come back later and add more, it's going to be based on their then present age and health. Correct. Which usually like doesn't get better remember, with age. Not paying it for as long. And, uh, you know, again, it's going to be related to their health at that time. So if you actually have health issues, there may be even a greater need for the policy. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is, you know, kind of an efficient market in that way. Um, yeah. The other strategy that I recommend is um, with traditional policies, you can buy shorter benefit period. So you can get more, you know, for a shorter benefit period. And if that runs out of coverage, many of the states have what are called partnership long-term care policies, right. which basically mean that if you've exhausted your benefits in the policy, uh, the state will allow you to keep assets equal to the amount that the policy paid out and still allow you to qualify for Medicaid. And as many people know, Medicaid, which is a program for generally the poor people who have actually run out of assets, ironically, most of the time because they've actually spent all their assets because of long-term care, uh, then the government will kick in and pay for it if you're usually down to like about $2,000 in your entire estate. You've spent on all your assets. With the partnership policy, you can keep probably several hundred thousand dollars or more uh, and still qualify. But just keeping in mind that you're now going to be uh, on the Medicaid program instead of having the private insurance paying for it. Can somebody 60, you know, between the ages of, you know, 60 and 66, let's say, if you tell me if it could be higher, you know, can somebody with relatively good health, not obese, um, non-smoker, still get a decent law? And I noticed I didn't say great, but maybe you'll say it is great a decent long-term care insurance policy in their early to mid-60s? Is that in the ballpark yeah. at all? Well, I want to tell you that it actually is great. The key thing is what percentage of people qualify for coverage. Now, usually in your early 60s, you still a very high percentage of people qualify. Usually 70-plus percent of really? people qualify in the general I population. Yeah, I think people are surprised by that. Um, they actually, there have to be very significant health issues to disqualify you. And oftentimes, it's not just one health issue, but what's happened to people, let's say, in their 70s, and why that's a higher percentage, is that all of a sudden, you have multiple conditions. And the insurance companies are more cognizant of what they call comorbids, multiple health issues that are affecting you at the same time. 
So if you just had one healthy issue sorry, in say your that? early 60s, you probably qualify. Yeah. People are probably shocked. If you've had cancer in the past and you've recovered from it, you can likely qualify for all the best options. So don't, don't just that. assume that because you've had a health issue, you're not going to be able to get this. Uh, that's actually probably the number one trait we look for in our network of long-term care specialists is what we call advanced underwriting meaning that they are fluent in all the different companies' health parameters, and when they talk to you about your health, and they go into quite detail, right, so you have to be willing to share all the things going on with you, they will yeah. actually know the market well enough where they can instantly identify the right carrier, and they'll shop the market based on your health to find you the right solution. But that's the key is don't be afraid to ask, don't be afraid to disclose things to your agent, and, and they'll find you the best option. And even when people can't health qualify, let's say they're in that 25% of people and they're early 60s that can't qualify, we actually have some pretty uh, superior alternative options as well. There's policies now called short-term care, which just have more of a limited duration to them, but still offer quite a bit of benefits. Uh, we have some annuity options, for example, that have long-term care riders that make a lot of sense, again, for people who have the right financial situation. Again, if they're not going to qualify for it health-wise, it may actually be a bigger need for them today as well. So again, the value proposition is still there, even in those two situations. Hmm. So there are alternatives for people for that 25% that are not qualifying for what you would call traditional long-term care insurance. Yes. There are different types of things for them. And there's new options that come out literally every few months or even every year uh, in these different marketplaces. But that's kind of what I stay attuned to is what insurance company is coming up with a creative solution that fits a gap or a need that we have across our platform. And typically the specialists are the ones that find it first, right? Because they're using all these different options and solutions. And so having another tool in the toolkit, you know, we kind of eat that stuff up. You know, we, we love to see these new, new options out there. Yeah. And you've got some new products, some incredible options have been introduced in the last 12 months, haven't there? Absolutely. I mean, I just talked to an insurance company executive last week about a new product that was getting launched in more of the alternative segment. And so, of course, whenever I hear about that, you know, the first thing I do is set up a meeting, learn more about it. And then we actually yep. dig in, we read the contract language, we make sure it's covering everything it needs to cover, we give them feedback. And we're probably the, the early adopters to some of those solutions because we know what we need for our database of clients and, and what comes up. Well, and as you know, well, um, because I've spoken at several conventions that you've been at, you know, one of my goals has always been you know, that if a client is 62 years old and um, wants one of your products, whether it be the single premium hybrid or a traditional with a monthly or a, what did you call it? A 10 pay certain. What did you call it? I'm sorry. Short-term care. Yeah. Oh no. When you have like 10 years to pay it just a oh, term. Yeah, limited um, payment. Yeah. I'm trying to convince the, uh, the long-term care insurance world, of course, as you know, you have to bring up a reverse mortgage because if we can just eliminate um, that $1,000 payment that they have or that $800 payment or whatever it may be, my God, it frees up stuff for them to do something like this. And uh, as you know, I've been trying to get that, that word across for 10 years. You had a, a great guest a couple of weeks ago with Mr. Steven Sless. Um, there's a few of us out there trying to convince uh, the world that our two worlds, long-term care insurance and reverse mortgages, should you know should be joined at the hip, and that's also been a rough go the last ten years. Yeah, well, I think it's important. Uh, it kind of relates to prices. How are you funding the policy itself, and being able to tap into different assets in flexible ways 
can really create an opportunity you know, for a client, depending on their situation, to make it make sense for them to get into the plan when otherwise they might not have the liquidity or the income or other ways to fund it. So like being able to tap into your home equity with reverse mortgages can be a great solution for people that have a lot of equity available as one of the options. Uh, health savings accounts, HSAs, you know, the government has mm -hmm. special treatment where you're allowed to pull money out of those pre-tax up to a certain annual limit to pay for a long-term care insurance premium. And so there's kind of a implicit subsidy in there almost because you're using pre-tax dollars, but yet your benefits are still tax-free. Uh, business owners that we've talked about, being able to use the business checkbook as a funding source, taking a tax deduction, again, pre-tax money, getting the benefits tax-free. So there can be efficiencies and just optimal ways to fund plans that can kind of take it to the next level where now it's not you know, the same value proposition. Now you're getting a lot more because you're saving on the tax side of it for, for one way or another. Yeah, one of the things that a group of us thought years ago, but again, never took place, um, that in addition to possibly using a reverse mortgage for premium financing, um, that for that 25% that are getting rejected, you know, why not take, whether it be a reverse mortgage or a regular mortgage, but you need protection. Why not have a line of credit for 100,000 or 200,000 just sitting there, whether it's a reverse or a regular mortgage, I'm not trying to make this too self-serving, but have it sitting there for when you need it, because when you need it, it's too late. Right, and I think the key is, of course, you wanna make sure that the downside protections are there, that you've considered the worst case scenario. And of course, one of the things I love about your industry, I'm not licensed as a reverse mortgage person, but I've learned enough from you over the years, is that there are protections built into the reverse mortgages themselves, where as long as you're paying your property tax, paying your homeowner's insurance, keeping up the house, yeah. you can't get kicked out. So having the line of credit, as long as you're not overextending yourself financially, can be just a great uh, flexibility that you can have. So as long as people understand that, it's not so scary, right, yeah. to have a process. And same thing with long-term care. As long as you know what the worst case scenario is, you know, are the premiums guaranteed, or might you have to budget for that? Are the benefits guaranteed? And talking to a professional, they can explain to you all of those nuances. And all of a sudden, the fear kind of goes away because you know exactly what to expect and what you're legally protected on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. There's nothing gets rid of fear quicker than knowledge. Um, yeah. There's no way to get around it. Well, as always, I, I can't believe this hour went by so quick. Uh, we got just about a minute left. Uh, congratulations on what you're doing not just on the success of what you're doing, you know, but without being too corny, uh, the nobility of what you're doing. Um, because you're not pushing a product. You're not on there going, buy this, buy that. Uh, you really are educating. Uh, when you talk about those 40 million uh, caregivers, um, I get chills when you talk about that. Uh, uh, when Bill Comfort or Mark Goldberg or, or, or Carol Golden, um, when they talk about things like that, I, I get chills. Um, we had a guest, God, there's only 30 seconds left uh, in the show, but we had a guest several months ago that talked about the caregivers at their retirement, their 401k has less in it because they took two years off to take care of a mom or dad. The, the outreaching effects of these home caregivers is just staggering. And again, people don't see it till it's happening to them. Um, so with 10 seconds left, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for interviewing me on your show. Um, I look forward to seeing you at the next convention. Give my best to your father and uh, your family and stay safe. Thank you, everybody.